Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to this week's Failed Critics Podcast, which is a Fright Fest movie festival special. Uh, I'm Steve Norn. I'm joined by Owen Hughes. Hello. Andrew Brooker. Evening, gents. And Mike Shawcross. Evening, all. Uh, the latter two of which attended Fright Fest itself. Um, so this week there will be no quiz. I don't know what we've been watching. There will be no um kind of new release reviews of, of of cinematic stuff that's not fright fest related and if i could have been bothered i would have come up with some spooky names for all of us but I didn't. <laughs> like, like so, a treehouse of horror Halloween yeah. special style. yes yeah. um but i didn't i saved us all that kind of um nonsense now um, what you've done is left it for me to try and think of them for the uh blurb the written blurb that goes with every because uh, that that that's I probably spend longer thinking of stupid names for us sometimes than doing the actual podcast itself. Well, that's that's them. that's your own business. No, I mean. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but Mike, it's been a while since you've been on here. This, we were talking about this just a minute ago. It's like probably over eighteen months ago, isn't it? I think so. Around, definitely around that figure. Yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah. Just been so busy, so, yes. Yes, because you're in the movie business now. You're in the industry. Yes, I am in the industry and um, taking, doing stills photography on a lot of shorts, um, a couple of which did play at Fright Fest, which I'll go into mm. when we do the shorts uh, roundup. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I'm on the other side of the camera now. It's a whole new ball game. <laughs> yeah. You are what what we would call if, if we were part of like BBC or whatever. You you're the talent. <laughs> the talent. The, the change. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, um, so yes, you you Mike and you Brooker went to uh, Fright Fest. Um, Mike, you've been going for the longest out of any of any of the failed critics, I believe. And are responsible for us being tweeted balls out torture porn for about <laughs> three years incessantly. Um, so why don't you start us off by telling uh, by telling us what uh, Fright Fest is all about? Uh, Fright Fest now is in its seventeenth year. I've been doing eighteenth. Is it that long? Yeah. They kept saying eighteen. They kept making the joke that it could drink. Oh, right, yes, certainly they did, didn't they? That was a long time ago when they did that joke. I've done 10. This is my 10th year on the run. Um, and it's basically a genre festival that has grown up in both size and stature over the years. And it started out very small, probably 80, 90 people going. 
And now there's over a thousand people go to this event every year. And it's moved round the square, moved out of the square, moved to Shepherd's Bush last year when and it's now back in Cine World Empire and it felt like coming home this year. It was it was a special atmosphere this year. Yeah. Yeah. Even though, it, I mean, people actually made it down there because that was a challenge for you, Brooker, wasn't it? With all the oh, cancellation of stuff at Euston and stupid twats last minute closing the main train station. I need to get into. Yeah, yeah it was, and I weren't the only one because pretty much every main entry into London on the train shut down at some point over the weekend. Yeah, I was going to ask. I mean, did it, did that kind of affect the atmosphere? Were people upset about that kind of thing, or did everyone just? Get on with doing the festival. They just get on with it, I think. Yeah. Because so it's British, it's British people and travel. They just got on with it. They <laughs> they they queued up. They grumbled a bit. They moaned to people who wouldn't listen a little bit. They just ultimately they got on with it and accepted the shit infrastructure this country has. Precisely. Yeah. I mean, pretty much. Even back in Glasgow, when we went to Glasgow in February for Fright Fest. We had the hurricane storms and we lost all the transport system up to mm. Scotland and it took me 14 hours to get there. 14 hours? Yeah, from Manchester. Bloody hell. I literally did 800 miles that day to get there. That's a proclaimer's B-side, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> 800 miles to... To fly first, yeah. It was, yeah. So, yeah, we... We're very dedicated um, people, the majority that goes to Fright Fest. They will get there whatever it takes. But, Brooker, you, you kept describing it as the Fright Fest family. Yeah, man. And your articles. It was awesome. This is, this is your second year there now, isn't it? Yes, my second year, guys. My first year where I've done the whole thing. Mm. And the, the bit that was amazing was like the second I sat down in the most uncomfortable fucking seat I've ever sat in <laughs> in my life. Uh, <laughs> but you were then but, stucking for, for, like stuck five, for days. five poxy days. But yeah. every, you know, the second you turned around and looked at somebody, you would get into a conversation about anything. Hmm. It was great. I love those people. Probably, probably about, probably about Euston station. <laughs> Not really. No. <laughs> <laughs> This is the thing, you would walk out into the foyer, you could start, you'd be getting yourself a Coke and somebody says, what did you just see? And you'll just start a conversation like that all the time. Everywhere yeah. you go, in the building, outside the building, in a restaurant, anywhere locally, if you've got the red tag on, they will start a conversation with you. Yeah. So, and that's what it, and that is what it's like all the time. Fright Fest family is getting bigger and bigger. So that's, that's what Fright Fest is. So, when you were there, how many films were available and how many did you see each? Uh, there's uh, 70 plus films in total that are on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, split over four screens, five screens. So, you've got the main. How quickly I can get the info. Yeah. You've got, <laughs> you've got the main horror screen, which is the full weekend passes. And that's that was in the main. Um, screen IMAX screen and then you had the arrow screen which was the day passes and the weekend passes and then you had three discovery screens which are um, available to buy and then if you're a weekend pass you get a free ticket but you have to go online and actually sort of purchase that ticket right <laughs> so how much did it cost you in total because 
Um, tickets are like what, two hundred quid? hundred and ninety-five, I think. Yeah, two hundred quid, hundred and ninety-five yeah. quid. Yeah, that's quite, that gets you in. If you pay the two hundred quid, you go to as many of the films as you want across any of the screens. <laughs> ah, so Brooker, you're laughing kind of maniacally. <laughs> Why? See, now you want to talk about what people were complaining about. Yes, mm-hmm. this is the big thing. This. <laughs> Discovery screen tickets for weekend passes was the big problem this year. Right, talk me through it. What's the what's the problem? It was just that the ticket system could not handle the demand, and the fact is that the screens, compared to last year in Shepherd's Boat, are a lot smaller. The um, so we only had around thirty to fifty tickets per screening for some of mm. them, and. The system just went into meltdown, which is a known little. It happens quite a lot on Fright Fest ticket systems. Glasgow is a prime example. You can be for five hours getting tickets for Glasgow, but literally it was an hour to get one ticket for some people. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think it took me uh, an hour and twenty minutes to get four tickets. Hour and twenty for four tickets. For four tickets. And I managed to get, like, the. it was the last five minutes I got all four. Like, I think at one point everyone just gave up and fucked off and I was the only person left trying to get tickets. That's, That's almost quiet. as bad as Cineworld's app. That's almost it, it, as bad. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, yeah. I, the, but these systems aren't designed for sudden influx of people like this. Mm. Um, so they they in the old days, I mean, five years ago, last time it was at, well, even last time it was at the Empire, and they stopped the sleepy queue because they've all the building work in Leicester Square. Mm. Um, the morning, it was like, I think it was four and a half hours before I got my weekend pass ticket. Because there was a, there's a thing called the sleepy queue where we used to, on the morning the ticket release, we would go and queue from the night before and you would have three, four hundred people queuing up in Leicester Square for tickets. Just overnight? Overnight. I, I did the sleepy queue once. And it, it was a, it's an amazing experience. Again, it's the Fright Fest family. It's... It's the hardcore Fright Festers that do it. And yeah. it, it's a, f- a phenomenal experience because it's just like having a party on the street. The only problem is at five o'clock, you get all the drunks coming out going, what are you doing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and then it all gets a bit, uh, right, okay. I guess it also kind of extends your weekend, which is already quite long and exhausting. Well, no, this is this is in July. This is the first day. This is as tickets go on release on 1st of July. Oh, oh I see, right. Yeah. So... I, they would put a film on for us so we could all go in the cinema, watch a film, and then we'd all go home. It was, it was, it was part of the Fright Fest experience to, for five years or longer. If, so. Okay. Uh, so what were some of the best films that uh, you saw, Brooker, at Fright Fest? The best films I saw? <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. I think... I thought about it a lot over the last few days. I think my best one still has to be 68 Kill, right. which was just this batshit. It wasn't even a horror. That's the bit that threw me. No, There's nothing horrific about it at all. It was just a crime romp comedy, but it was fucking brilliant. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. And you'd probably better watch out, which was a... Christmas home invasion film, kind of. <laughs> don't give it away. <laughs> no, I'm not. I had to write that fucker up, and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to write about this. I, I would have been a bit 
stuck for words for it. They're going to fuck up that trailer, I guarantee it. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. I'm glad I've seen it now. <laughs> She'd be like, oh, yeah, whatever. Unless it's a very clever, very clever cut, it will give it away. Intriguing. Yeah. And Tragedy Girls, actually, I adored Tragedy Girls, which was the festival closer. What was Tragedy Girls about? What's that one? Uh, I've heard the name, but I don't know what... I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to tell you what it is. basically two high school girls who, in a search for social media stardom, start killing people hmm. and then tweeting about it. It's, I, I was told... That, I didn't see it. I went to the pub. Um, <laughs> as they came in, people were saying it was a, a sort of cross between Heathers and Mean Girls. Yeah, it was. If you can kind of imagine Heather's meets Scream, mm. it was very much that. Uh, and there, there was this whole, obviously, the, the whole social commentary thing where everybody has to be liked online. So it did have that about it. I don't know about the Mean Girls thing. I've been very lucky in my life and I have not had to watch Mean Girls yet. And I probably never will. You might. <laughs> <laughs> If you don't include Death Note, because I skipped the, seeing that on the big screen, I saw 24 mm. films this weekend. Blimey neck. 24 in a... Four, and five, only, you were there only for four, a, five days, right? Yeah. Only a couple of them were garbage. Like garbage? Most of, there were a couple of garbage ones. Well, we'll come on to those later, but they were the films that you that you enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, Mike, what, what films uh, stood out for you? Um, I would agree with Brooker. 68 Kill is my favourite. It, it was... Phenomenally well written, well acted. You you really enjoyed the characters, and it was just great fun. It really was great fun. Um, the next one is a Spanish film, The Bar. Oh yeah, <laughs> which came out of the blue. Um, it was on my my list for. I'm looking forward to it, and it really, really delivered. Actually, probably more to, more than my expectations could have hoped for. Superbly written, superbly acted, and every time it came to a sort, you thought, "Oh, this is the end." It can't go really anywhere. It would change. It would just go left field, right field, and you didn't know what was next. And it was brilliant, and it sustained it all the way through. And I was, I was really impressed with it. And then, Mayhem by Joe Lynch. Ah, uh, right. Which is a okay. virus-driven rage. Style, but not like complete rage, like Twenty Eight Days Later. More like your inhibitions have just gone, and you might just smack your boss in the face or something like that. And, <laughs> and it, I really enjoyed that. It was, it was good fun. It was good fun. Um, and Double Date, which was a British horror comedy, and I really enjoyed that. Possibly one of the best women on men blokes fight sequences I've seen in a long time. <laughs> yes. For sure. This is one you reviewed on the website, isn't it, Brooker? You sort of said it flips the kind of stereotypes around. It does a lot, yeah. uh, and it's it 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 does an awful lot for just women in horror in general because the two uh, mm. girls in it are superb, like absolutely superb. And yeah, like Mike said, the uh, the the chick on bloke fight towards the end is one of the best fights I've seen on, on screen at all in quite a while, except for maybe one other film we saw this weekend. Uh, but yeah, Double Date was amazing. 
there's, there is one film I want to ask both of you about, and I think because it's, uh, you know, what's in the news at the minute, Toe Booper, Toe Booper, with uh, Leatherface, which had its world uh, world premiere. I can't answer this one because I went to see Fanged Up, which was um, a British horror comedy, and, but we won't go into there anything more details after that. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I skipped on going to see Fanged Up because I thought Leatherface might be worth watching. Mm. I wish I'd gone to see Fanged Up. No, you don't. Oh, Honestly, yeah. you really don't. I, I do. This <laughs> garbage. So that, and this is the problem. Sometimes you you get stuck because you find a a, a group of films because it's usually around four, obviously four to pick from, and you're stuck for what you want to buy because I think at that time as well they were showing a couple of older films or films that have been at Glasgow. So you're thinking, well, I've seen them. I don't really want to see them, and so you're down to two. And I just thought, well, fanged up by the people that did stalled as well which is great okay yeah and i just thought um christian's gonna is he is he gonna knock this out of the park but it wasn't actually all him he was he was hired to direct it rather than actually it's all his work Mm. um and it just it was just flat it was just so flat that's a real shame that's a shame when you hear about sort of british indie that's just not hit the mark i think there was a couple of british comedies that did were way off the mark the only the double day is the best by a country mile Mm. but Leatherface then Brooker so what was wrong with Leatherface uh, (laughs) well I mean for one it genuinely it screamed of studio execs over everybody's shoulder the entire way through Mm. it didn't feel like a Texas Chainsaw film and you got to remember as well the thing for me I'm not that big a fan of Texas Chainsaw Massacre I don't hate them Mm -hmm. and I respect what they are and what they do I just don't particularly enjoy watching them. But the thing with Leatherface was it didn't add a thing to the story. It does try very hard to have a twist Mm -hmm. at the end. Uh, Kind of. It kind of... Because it's basically a film about a bunch of kids who... Well, kids, teenagers, who escape from a mental asylum... And one of them is Leatherface. And the one you think is Leatherface ain't Leatherface. But you spend the whole film thinking it is. Mm. And then when it twists, you're like, well, okay, I don't care. Because by the time you're told, you give so little of a shit about what happens to these people, it's no. I I do not see, there's no redeeming feature. It's a funny one, isn't it, Leatherface? How they've turned him into, I mean, obviously he was always going to be like uh, an icon of horror since the first film, but like you know, he's never really been used well in any film except the original. I was really, really excited for Leatherface because, as you know, because I said it a million times, I love hillbilly horror. I think it's great, you know, and mm-hmm. it really looked like it was going to be Texas Chainsaw by way of Rob Zombie, and I would have been quite happy with that, and it wasn't. It was just bland and pointless and boring. And I literally, mm. I came out of it thinking I'd wasted my time. I wish I'd gone to see Fanged Up or gone to the pub. That would have been yeah. the best. That's a shame for Toe Pooper, isn't it? It really is. That I, I kind of had that thought, obviously, the following morning after he died. Yeah. And we all felt, I was like, well, that's not a good way to fucking go out. That's just a shame. Well, no, but I'm, I'm sure he had, he had bigger 
worries in the last week or so than <laughs> well, is, yeah. well you put it mildly like that yeah <laughs> yeah so we've gone through uh, the films that you liked and we've touched on uh, a film that you didn't like, but was there anything else that you guys thought stank up the place without really, you know, going in too hard on these hardworking filmmakers? Uh, Jackals. It's a home invasion. Well, it's not actually. It's an intervention that goes wrong trying to get their this, this family's um, son out of a cult. And they all turn up to get him back, and it was just pointless. They were, every decision they made was wrong. Everything that they did was wrong. The characters were were so one-dimensional, it was untrue. There was no tension, and it, it was just a, a complete waste of time. I'm trying to figure out where I was when that was on. Uh, it sounds like anything else would have been better. <laughs> Oh, I was at the Kane Hodder documentary. Oh, yes, which everyone said was very good. Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> and, but that's, that's, the, that's the difference now. That's the beauty of Fright Fest now. You, you've got the choice, so you make the choices and you, you have to live by these choices you make. So mm. I didn't really want to see the Kane Hodder story, so I went for Jackals and that's the wrong choice. But then, you know, if everything you chose turned out to be... But it, I mean, even when it was just one screen, even at Glasgow when it's one screen, they, you cannot sustain 10 to 28 films that are all brilliant. It, it's an impossibility, mm. especially in a year. Remember, you've already had Fright Fest, you've had all the other festivals, and you've got to produce 27 films on the main screen that you think are all going to be brilliant. It's never going to happen. No. So it's yeah. you, you look at everything else... you. you it's a good thing to have choice because then you've you've got the options. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I saw a voice from the stone with Amelia Clark, which, for all intents and purposes, was an ITV drama. <laughs> well, that, that could have been shown at six o'clock on the Sunday afternoon, mm. and that's playing Fright Fest. And I missed out on going to see um, Freehold. Which a lot of people said was very good. Freehold was was worth a watch. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. Were there any films at Fright Fest that kind of took you by surprise, uh, either in how good or how bad they were? Kind of jumped out of nowhere, um, or you didn't know much or anything about them before seeing them, and you ended up watching them and thinking, "Wow, that was great." Or on the other side of the coin, something that you were expecting big things about I mean we've spoke about Leatherface already but you know you're expecting big things based on who made it and then and who was in it and it turned out to, to flop in your eyes massively I think my standout one is the Christmas one better watch out better watch out I just I just thought it was just going to be a, like you said another home invasion and it it was just so well put together so well filmed so well written and you do not see anything coming and I was like, this is phenomenal. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that just came out of nowhere. I had no expectations for that film at all. What, what would you kind of compare it to? So people get an idea of what sort of tone it is or what style <laughs> of film. I mean, is it like your next or is it a bit more like, you know, because Home Invasion is quite a broad thing, right? I mean, it could be your next or it could just, be the... Um... Just go watch it. Yeah, don't, you, don't, you can't don't really say about it. it. Don't, don't look it up, just go watch it. Yeah. And really, I would stay away from any trailers. Don't even bother watching the trailers. Okay. 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 It's a universal um, film. It, it, 
it should have a big release in December, I've heard. So if you're really interested in it and you want to go in with without any hint of what is going to happen, you need to avoid everything about it's like Game of Thrones spoilers. Do not look <laughs> at this film. Just go to the cinema and watch it. Cool. I want to ask a question to you both. Um, and it's something I picked up when I've been sort of publishing your um, uh, kind of diary entries, Brooker. Yeah. Um, so I saw a tweet from Anton Pitel, the um, film critic. He said, current horror, is an in, uh, current horror is in an okay place rather than great place after going to fright fest do you think that's a fair comment because i've seen from a lot of your posts and a lot of your reviews um brooker that you, you you've kind of gone with this thing that fright fest seems to be almost fright comedy fest there was a year. lot of comedy this year mm. i don't know if it was intentional comedy some <laughs> okay. of it was just hilariously fucking yeah. bad although right. i only had one walkout so i was quite happy with that one walkout was in one you walked out on. The one only I only walked out of one film. Which was that? Psychopaths. Ah, oh, I went to the pub. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you know what? I sat there going, okay, this is gonna be alright. And I looked at me watch, I went, I'm gonna just about because I had to go home that night. I was like, I'm gonna just about make the last tube, make the last train, and still be home at a reasonable hour, get enough kip to come back tomorrow morning. And I got halfway through and there had been about thirty people already leaving. I went this is fucking awful. I literally, I looked around and went, I'm just, I'm bugging out and going home. I'm, I'm not watching this. It's fucking terrible. But there was a lot of comedy there. Mm. Like really dark comedy. Like Freehold was fucking hilarious, but grim. Mm. Yeah. But it had people in absolute stitches for the majority of it. I don't think it's a bad thing. Yeah. But, but so did you, you kind of agree a little bit then with the, the current horrors in an okay rather than great place? Do you think that? Depends, depends on what you call horror, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, it's a mixed bag this year. It's genre films, it's thrillers rather than out-and-out out horror. It was very mm-hmm. hard to find at Friday Fest this year. Yeah, they had a couple of quite commercial horrors, didn't they? Yeah, Victor Crowley was one big slasher. Yeah. The Hatchet series... Which obviously the secret's out now. It's hatchet number four. He wants to bring it back. And well, I guess that a bit. What what's probably quite striking is that Death Note was there simultaneously. We, we mentioned it by name. We might as well talk a little bit about it. Which is not a horror. Which is not no. It was not a horror like, at all. But it's a presence for Netflix, right? At the festival. Yes. And more um, and Adam Wingard as well. Adam's got mm. a good run at Fright Fest, so they tend to if. Production houses or directors have got films and the Fright Fest like them, they will tend, tend to sort of champion their work. <laughs> and it, okay. it did look fantastic on that screen. It is very cinematic and it did look great, but overall, it was, ju- it was just too fast. It was so quick, wasn't it? Yeah. It was, it was, it was over really quickly. That needed to be a Netflix series. It just seemed, it seemed to ramp up. In, in the terms of the pace of the plot, go from naught to sixty in like ten <laughs> seconds. It was just it was it just went from, uh, you know, the kind of basic introductory part of the plot to it being absolutely mental just so quickly. Well, it basically shoved the whole of season one of Death Note. You know, the entire basically run of the. Um, the anime, which I can't, I can't even remember how many episodes it is. It must be approaching forty episodes. 
into a 90 minute horror movie. Or, I mean, not even like, I mean, supernatural thriller would probably suit it better than horror. Yeah. Um, and it, uh, what was the reaction like at Frightfest to it? Because it's, it's had a largely negative response sort of online and mm. from what I've I think it was quite, I mean, it was was middle of the road. Mm, I don't think anyone really loved it. I don't think everyone, there's a few that really hated it, but I think mostly it was just middle of the road. But it came after Cult of Chucky, which wasn't great. Oh, really? Cult of Chucky wasn't great? See, I really enjoyed Cult of Chucky. Oh, there you go. Well, I I thought, (laughs) I don't like the fact that it's CGI now. I think that really detracts from the actual whole purpose of the thing. And that. I will give you that. That's and yeah, there was a lot of that. I was like, oh, this is this is a bit. It looks plasticky and horrible, and it yeah. just doesn't fit. Because obviously, we, we know it's a puppet, so keep it as a puppet. If it walks yeah. like a a puppet, yeah, great. That's what it would look like. But now, yeah, just it it looks wrong to me. And same with obviously Curse. It didn't look right, and it it put me off. But again, the the champion it because uh, the director. Fiona Dorf had come along as well. Um, they also had Jennifer Tilly there. So if they can get the names, they that's another reason where they will put it's the It's almost like in. a guaranteed success for Fright Fest itself, isn't it? Even if the film's not actually good, it's it's a big name. It's a, you know, it's a bit of prestige, I guess. Of course it is, yes. Yeah. So. It's, I mean, it, it's a well-known horror series, though, isn't it? Yeah. Chucky, yeah. so... So to have the actual world premiere there, that's mm. that's a big catch. Yeah, and this is the thing that went wrong last year, sorry. Because they were in Shepherd's Bush and out of the way, they did not get the guests that they got this year or the year before when they were back in Leicester Square because there was nowhere to really key them and it was harder. And they had three smaller main screens, so guests were having to do intros three times. So mm. I think that put, I put a lot of people off. Now it's back to the twat two times, and I think they're a lot happier. And again, obviously, Jennifer Tilly to come to Fright Fest is a big, big win for them. Have you got any closing comments on uh, Fright Fest, guys? Will you be going back? Oh, without, without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I've already warned the missus that next year is London and Glasgow. You're doing both. If I, assuming funds allow me. Yeah, <laughs> Glasgow's it's in February, isn't it? Glasgow's the end of February, second to last weekend of February. It literally falls at the end of the Glasgow Film Festival, so it, the Glasgow Film Festival finishes on the Sunday, um, and Fright Fest starts Friday afternoon at twelve and finishes on the Saturday night. So yeah, the plan will be go up do Glasgow because it's only a couple of days, and plan my London one better so I can still be there Monday night and not have to come home. And go to the parties. And go to the parties. Well, to be fair, I had every intention of going to the karaoke one until I fucking stood up after the villainess and couldn't fucking walk. Right. (laughs) Um, uh, Again, the karaoke's only been introduced recently, um, and now it's becoming the karaoke's a thing. It's a frightfest experience now. It was Mm -hmm. phenomenal. It literally was like being in a mosh pit. (laughs) <laughs> the, only, the only other thing that I want to ask um, mainly you Mike I, I can't remember Brooker whether you, you said you'd seen any shorts but Mike I know you had a bit of uh, involvement with this 
Yes. What was that? What was your involvement there? Um, so I'd worked on Bloodshed, which was James Moran, James Moran's film, who wrote um, Tower Block and Zombies... Um, Cockneys versus Cock- Zombies. Yeah, Cockneys versus Zombies and some Doctor Who episodes as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had Sean Dooley from Red Riding and Sally Phillips from Smack the Pony. She's very funny. She's She needs to be in more stuff. She was brilliant. She was hilarious. And they worked really well as, as a couple. So so I, that was my involvement. I was still a photographer on that. That showed in the first, on the second set of um, shorts, which was on the, on the Sunday. It was a mixed bag of shorts, to tell you the truth. There was a lot of sci-fi in there. And there was a few that were like, creep into 20 minutes which and they mm. couldn't sustain mm. it there's a few quick ones um bloodshed was the only horror comedy and in recent years horror comedy shorts were the, the staple of the shorts it was like mm-hmm. you'd get a couple of dramas but everything else was comedy and now it's it's gone the other way there's very little comedy everything else is very serious very artistic a lot of them are students and getting money off like the universities and things like that. So, and that's where they're coming from. And then the second film was I worked on was on the Monday, and that was Mab, directed by Katie Bonham. Um, uh, no one, no one that you would know in the cast, and that was a great little short. Um, but again, again, a, a mixed bag of shorts through the thing. Mm. Um, so yeah, it was, it's an interesting. The shorts are interesting. If you but you you're gonna you'd lose two films because the way they programmed it, and obviously you've got seven people who are gonna do an intro. So it's a twenty minutes in before you get going. Are they very well attended? The shorts they sold out. Well, okay, <laughs> <laughs> but they were in the smaller screen. I think they needed to be in the bigger screen. Um, there was a lot they didn't get tickets. They wanted tickets. Mm. Yeah, that's those small screens were far too small. Yes. Yeah. What would you so, say the capacity is for those? If you had to add to estimate, uh, I think they're both around hundred. The, yeah. the two okay. smallest, mm. and then the Prince Charles, the bigger screen than the Prince Charles is around t- about two hundred, two fifty. Mm. So they're still, they are still. They, that seems like they're doing pretty well, regardless. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I think it's time to wrap this up and let our roving reporters go and get some much earned <laughs> sleep. Yeah. Um, so, Please. yes, that, that was a, a, a kind of overview of Fright Fest, what it was, some of the films to look out for, some of those to avoid, uh, and so on. Um, so thanks, Mike and Brooker, for covering that for us. You're welcome. Anytime. Absolute pleasure and a, a real interesting podcast. And oh, what are we doing next week? Well, I, I just wanted to, before we do that, just to say, yeah, again, thanks very much to um, to Booker and Mike. Booker, Character Unlock, is no longer part of our feed. Where is it? What should people do to get it from now on? This uh, is your space to plug away. Cheers, dude. Yes. Uh, uh, okay, so John and I went off and decided to do it, everything on our own. Uh, mm-hmm. So you, if you want to listen to us, you can find us on Character, just search for Character Unlock on iTunes or your podcast uh, feed of choice. I think I've got us on everything except Google Play. Mm-hmm. 
Well, but Google if, Play's a bitch for podcasts. Google Play, they're cunts. You can only do it if you're U- US American. and UK. And, yeah. uh, US or Canada, sorry. And doesn't matter how many VPNs you use, they know that you're not in the US or the UK. Mm. Uh, so, but obviously, if we're not on whatever podcast feed you want to use, let me know and I will sort it. But yeah, that's us. We're, we're all indie now. Yeah, okay. you ain't there on your own. Yeah, and new episode Friday, hopefully. And um, Mike, I noticed uh, Real Real Scares is back. Yes, we, we obviously, a lot of people doing films and a lot of photography, people are just sort of bowed out for a little bit. But yeah, we're coming back. So there's going to be some rise-ups from Fright Fest as well. Yeah, okay, that's great. And that's just uh, through the Facebook uh, um, page and going on your website or Twitter. Are you on Twitter as well, Real Real Scares? We are on Twitter, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Real as in R-E-A-L, Real Scares, R-E-E-L. That's the one. Clarify. (laughs) Okay, and what are we doing next week? Uh, We are back with a spy thrillers triple bill. with uh, Paul Fields. So that should be good fun. And ba- I think basically because there's nothing in the cinema. Everything that was in the cinema that was worth seeing was out this weekend. And so we decided not to cover any of those. And we're going to do... That's good. Cause I've, I've only seen Detroit and that was only because I got a screen, an early screen in. I still have... I really want to see Logan Lucky. I haven't seen Logan Lucky. I know you're a bit pissed off with me as well, Brooker, because I you went to see dude, Terminator. You're taking a slap the next time I see you. There's, you're not getting away <laughs> from it either. Yeah, I got I got back about, about two minutes before we started tonight after seeing Terminator 2 in 3D at the cinema. I couldn't, awesome. get, I couldn't get any t- The only tickets I could get, I went up there, the only tickets I could get were sat in the neck breakers. And you know what? I spent five days staring at an IMAX screen far too close. I'm not yeah. looking up at another fucking screen. I'm just not. Have so, a yeah. rest. Have a well-deserved <laughs> rest. Even if it just means an extra hour in bed. Just well... Do it. I've got work tomorrow, and then I've got to record another podcast tomorrow night. Non-stop. I know. Oh my God. It never ends. Talking of never ending, um, <laughs> that, will, that will do for this week's uh, podcast. Thank you all for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed the Fright Fest chat, and we'll be back next week with another one. The Failed Critics Podcast is presented by Steve Norman and Owen Hughes, with contributions from different guests every week, with original music provided by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com from the track The Bandit, remixed by James Yule, who you can find at jamesyule.com. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Failed Critics, on iTunes and all good podcast apps, or you can check us out at failedcritics.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave a rating or a review. And why not check out our sister podcasts, Character Unlocked, and Bill the Mullinger's Underground Nights from the failed media network of podcasts. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.